Hello, welcome to the Grace Apostolic Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you joined us. We hope this podcast serves as a tool that encourages you and helps you navigate through this journey called life. If you wouldn't mind, we would greatly appreciate it if you would subscribe and review this podcast channel. Your feedback matters, and we want to serve you to the best of our abilities. Thank you so much. Let's go to the Word. read psalm that you hear. Unfortunately, it's read too often during funerals. And um, those that passed away don't need to hear it, but those of us that are alive need to hear it. Truly what Jesus is for us today and how he keeps us today in this life. I want to say how good it is to have the the, the Root family here with us today. Welcome back. God bless you. Amen. Welcome back. She was so upset that she didn't know we were open last week. I said, well, from now on going forward, you know where we're going to be every Sunday and Wednesday. Amen. So good to have Brother Clayton back with us. Brother Clayton's back from down south. Glad to have him back with us. Amen. Good to have him here as well. Amen. Psalm chapter 23. Starting with verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, some of you can probably quote it, but if you have your Bible, you can look there. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteous for his namesake. Verse four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff are your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy. Aren't you glad for this? What a wonderful promise and blessing it is. If you look at Psalm 22, wasn't too good. Wasn't too good for David, but he had a Psalm 23 after that. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Whom do men say that I am? They kind of kicked the grass a little bit and kicked the ground. And some say you're a prophet. Because some of them weren't really sure. Well, maybe it's one of those. But maybe you're a prophet. Maybe you're one of those. But then he looked and said, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ. I don't know what you've heard about Jesus. I don't know what what unbelievers have told you he is. I don't know what atheists tell you God is. I don't know what you've heard of him today, but I've just come here to give you a reminder on this day that the Lord Jesus is your shepherd. There's no better way to describe what Jesus is. Now, I know there's many things that he is. He's a buckler. He's a shield. He's a Fortress. He's a he's a he's a, a rock in a weary land that gives all these things that he is. But the number one thing that I want you to know that Jesus is for you today, he is a shepherd for you today. So I want to preach to you for a little bit of time on the Lord is my shepherd. Aren't you glad for that today? The Lord Jesus is my shepherd. Everyone say amen to the reading of the word. You may be seated. 
I'm not going to hold you very long. So I've always been under the assumption that it's not the quantity of the sermon, but rather the quality, and hopefully we get one of those. We're not going to have quantity, uh, so hopefully there's a little bit of quality here today. Two things, so good to have Brittany here with us today as well. Good to see you, Brittany. Love you. Two things that David found out when he looked over his life and saw the big picture of life. And so let me first of all say this, that we need to look at the whole picture of life. The big picture is eternity. Folks, that is the big picture. That is the end all of everything, is eternity. How you spend this life. Paul said, Demas have forsaken me, having loved this present world. Can I tell you, this present world and its majesty is not the big picture. It's only a small smidgen of the whole picture, this present world. Eternity is the big picture. We need to look at the whole picture of life. Like David, when he looked over his life, he looked at the big picture of what God was for him. Let me say this. Many people lose their faith over partial pictures of things. They want to give up over small, insignificant pictures of the moment. Things that only last for a moment. I broke up with my boyfriend. I broke up with my girlfriend. I'm going to end it all. It's, it's all over. My life is over. And then next week, you find someone else. You're getting ready to say, man, it's, my life is done. I lost my job. Folks, can I tell you, those are only small pictures in the big picture of what God is doing in your life. Don't, don't lose faith because you don't understand what's going to happen tomorrow. I'm telling you, it's only a small picture in the whole aspect of things, but God sees the whole story of life. He knows what's going to happen to you two weeks out from today. He knows that even though you're going through this, this situation, that those things came to pass. It's only a season of your life, and it's not meant for you to throw in the towel just because you don't understand or just because it doesn't make sense. I'm telling you, God sees the whole picture of life. Because of COVID-19, I was able to get back to a, 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 a pastime and a hobby that I, I like to do. We haven't done it very much in life, something I learned to do. I'm going to my grandma's house, and that's putting puzzles together. Has anyone put any puzzles at all together since COVID-19 has happened? You started becoming puzzle builders? Now, the, the one thing that, that my grandma taught me, I'm so glad that she's here today, one thing she taught me, and I've tried to teach this to my family, and I don't think they believe me, grandma, when I tell them this, you always have to put the edges together first. Thank you. You... Yes, my family was making fun of me because I was being a stickler about you got to get the edges down. If you can get the edges figured out, then you can fill in the picture. you got to do, so I'm always, where's the edge? I, I lost the edge. The, piece, the, the puzzle's not going to come together. We're, we've lost an edge. I need to find an edge because I realize you have to put the edges first in order for the puzzle to come together quickly, okay? Now, one thing I learned about putting puzzle pieces together and puzzles together is that you got to refer back to the picture on the box. If you lose the box, most likely you're going to lose the puzzle pieces too if you lose the box. If you lose the picture on the box, 
you lose what the big picture is going to look like. But if you can refer back to the box, you realize, oh, these colors go here and those colors go there. And when you can't find out the next piece of your puzzle, you simply look back at the box. And I know even when it doesn't look like it, even when it seems like I don't know how this thing's going to come together, realize what you have on the table is the same picture that you're looking at on the box. The only difference is the picture you're looking at is in puzzle pieces. And you don't know how all the puzzle pieces go together, but you got to trust that what's in puzzle pieces on the table is the picture that you're looking at on the box. And can I tell you, just when things don't seem right in life, and just when you're going through a bad time, let me just tell you something. It's simply the picture that God sees, but you're only looking at it in puzzle pieces. Just trust God. God knows what the big picture looks like God knows where your life is going but you just gotta trust God that God knows what he's doing in your life that's why I don't give up when I don't understand I just trust God because God knows what he's doing in my life And we're freaking out over what we can't see. But if you'd be patient, just let the pieces begin to put in themselves in order. Just begin to shape shift and begin to put things together. And pretty soon if you have patience, uh, you'll trust the whole picture turns out. And we, we lose patience with God. Lord, I prayed over and over again. And you didn't do it. Maybe God says that piece doesn't fit with that piece. And maybe I don't want you to put your life in that place. And maybe I don't want you to date that person. Maybe I don't want you to take that job you just have to have patience that God's a shepherd and God loves you and God wants you to be blessed but you gotta trust the shepherd in your life we often fear over what we don't see and don't get right right now we face trials and our faith is challenged over problems that we go through right now and it's simply pieces of the whole puzzle and this is why the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding right there could help you get through life if you had no other scripture to go by in the rest of your life if you could remember that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding why because we simply can understand what we know and then when we can't understand it we lose our faith because it goes beyond what we can comprehend and when we can't comprehend any longer we lose out that's why it's called faith it goes beyond your understanding and then you acknowledge God and when you acknowledge God, then he shall direct your steps. He doesn't direct your steps until you're all out of answers and you don't know what to do. And you're fr Has anyone been there? You're frustrated. You're crying. You're wondering why things aren't working out in your life. And God just sitting there with his arm folded. 
And man, you're trying to drive your ship by yourself and you're frustrated and you wonder where your kids are. You wonder why your health is so just falling through the earth. And man, you're so frustrated and God patiently waits. But when you stop trying to drive the ship yourself and start acknowledging him, then the Bible says God will direct your steps. But it's not until you acknowledge him and give all your worries over to a God that cares about you. What does it mean to acknowledge him? Simply means I lift God higher than my fears and worries. Because if you don't do that, you acknowledge your problems. You acknowledge your worries. You're, oh man, you get up in the morning and your, your stomach is sick. Why? Because you have to face another day of unpaid bills or, or, or not knowing what the future holds. And what you've done, you've acknowledged all those problems. But David said, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Just, just, just take another look at how big your shepherd is. And when you begin to acknowledge him, all of a sudden God puts a pathway straight in your life. And then you can walk by faith. Why? Because God... God is a shepherd of your soul. So my question for you is, where are you right now? Are you self-led or are you God-led? If you're not happy where your life is, you simply have to repent of your sins. That's right. Repent of trying to do it yourself. Repent for playing God when you already have a God in your life. I thought I could do it myself, but guess what? From this day forward, I repent of my sins. I look to Jesus, and I acknowledge him. And when you acknowledge him and put him first, he'll direct your steps. David, looking over his life as an old man, said in Psalm 37, 25, again, he's, he's understood two things. David realized two things in his life over the big picture. He said, I once was young, but now I'm old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. First thing that, God, that David realized about his God is that God will never forsake you. Now I know some of you can look and you have pictures of people in your mind that have forsaken you over your life. I'm sure some of you can look at a father or mother or somebody, a good friend, that they've let you down over the course of life and they've broken your heart a time or two. But can I tell you, God is always with you. Now, we've forsaken him a time or two. He said, can a maid forget her ornaments or bride her attire, yet my people have forsaken me days without number. They've forgotten me days without, they, 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 they don't even know the last time they prayed. They can't even tell you the last time they opened up their, the word of God and just sought to know him. And We've forsaken him over and over again, but I'm so glad for a redeeming shepherd. I'm so glad for a God that stood by our side when we would not stand by his. And a God that loved us even when we weren't doing our best. And we went down the wrong path. That we had a faithful shepherd the whole time that watched over us. When we were lost in despair, that a shepherd found us where we were. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and of good courage, fear not nor be afraid. Has anybody there, 
Is anybody either weak right now? Is anybody either, uh, is someone fearing? Is someone afraid? Uh, you know, you, the Bible says you shouldn't be that. Why? Because God will not fail you, nor will he forsake you. Every, this whole world may give up on you. And you can, you can sing a sad tale about all the people that did you wrong in life. But in the end of the day, there's still one that has stood by you. And because of that one... I will not be afraid, but I will keep on going. Why? Because Jesus is my shepherd today. Second thing David learned over the big picture in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He'll never forsake me. And of all the things that God is for me, he is my shepherd over the years of my life. Now David would know something about shepherding. That was his trade and his skill set as a young man growing up. He always was a shepherd at heart. So he knew what it was like to have a God that was his shepherd. That means to us today that we have a God watching over us every hour of the day. When we're asleep, he's awake because he's our shepherd. A shepherd watches over the welfare of the sheep because our God is our protector. God is a shepherd and he's not a butcher. Aren't you glad for that? Could you imagine serving the butcher, the great butcher in the sky? I don't think we'd be walking in freedom like we are today in the Holy Ghost. We're True story, Pentecostal preacher took a journey out to Israel he had his whole church with him, and you know how we do, we do those Holy Land tours, and he's got, he's in the bus. And as they're crossing through, there's, there's sheep and shepherd everywhere in Israel. We saw shepherds, and we saw, when we were there, we saw the shepherds and leading their sheep, and just like, just like you see in the Bible. And um, one particular man had a, had a staff, and he was, he was beating this sheep across the road. And this preacher knows about how the Bible talks about shepherds and sheep, was so irate that a shepherd would go contrary to what the Bible says shepherds treat sheep. Stop the bus! Stop! He was so angry, he's going to give this guy a piece of his mind. He got out of that bus, man. He went over to where that man was just beating on the sheep across the road, and he said, all my life I've never heard or seen a shepherd beat a sheep like you're beating that sheep. And that man kind of looked at him and says, he goes, I'm not the shepherd. He goes, I'm the butcher. He kindly walked into his bus and headed down the road. Aren't you glad that God isn't a butcher? God does not want to kill you, but rather he came to save you. And you need to allow yourself, this is where you come in here, you need to allow yourself to come under the control of his protecting hand. If you don't let God be your shepherd, you're out there all by yourself. But oh Jesus, I need your protection because God is my shepherd today. Thing that we know about sheep, sheep are absolutely defenseless. They aren't built like wolves. They're not built like bears. Could you imagine if sheep 
we're built like wolves and bears, you'd have a lot less wool going on in our garments, I promise you that. It wouldn't be so easy to just uh, to rip down a sheep if they were built like wolves and bears. Might be a feisty predator, but sheep aren't built that way. They don't have sharp claws and they don't have uh, long things to attack. They are absolutely defenseless when it comes to, she- to when it comes to wolves and bears. Uh, but the one thing sheep have, uh, they have been placed under a shepherd, uh, and no matter what comes against them, uh, before a wolf can come to the sheep, uh, they first have to get through the shepherd and I'm telling you you've got a shepherd standing by your side that if you put your trust in God God will fight your battles for you today the devil can't get past the shepherd the shepherd fights your battles for you today our problems occur when we try to fight our own battles, I'll do it myself. You weren't built for that. You won't make it by yourself trying to fight the enemies of your soul all by yourself. But when you cry out to Jesus, when you call out to the shepherd of your soul, and say, Lord, I'm wounded. I've tried it by myself and I can't do it. I promise you that shepherd will come running. He'll come in defense of you. He'll bring that rod down. The wolves will be put to run. The bears will be knocked, knocked out dead. Why? Because the Lord is our shepherd. It may have been a long time since you felt his presence, but I'm telling you, all he is is one cry away. All he is is you open up your mouth and say, Jesus, I need you. You've got a shepherd that runs to you when you call out his name today. So, there, I, I want to break down this, this verse here, and I, I don't want to cross your theology about what you think, but man, it's kind of hit me uh, when I was reading this, and, and, and if you don't agree with it, it's okay. I just, I, I want to say maybe perhaps could this be, Okay. When I say this, I'm saying, could it perhaps be a situation in David's life that brought him here, okay? So I'm going to say, could it be this, this way? Now, we can break Psalm 23 apart and say how, how it is and wh- how it's this way, and that's what, what David means, and I'm not trying to change the meaning of scriptures. I just want you to look at it possibly in a different way, okay? Not to make my sermon better, but just because perhaps think about this when you read this next time. David in Psalm 23 is praising the Lord for his safekeeping, Right? The Lord's my shepherd, all these wonderful things. Now in verse 2 and 3 of that, he says, he makes me light on green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Okay. Verse 3 says, he leads me in paths of righteous for his namesake. Now when the Lord leads me, he leads me in good places. Now, does he allow things? Do we have bad days? Sometimes, but when God leads you as a shepherd and you follow him, he's going to lead you in good places for his righteousness sake, okay? He allows, he, he leads us. But all of a sudden we come to verse 4. And verse 4 is like an out of place verse compared to everything else. It's like that one point, that one dark point in a beautiful psalm we find one place that doesn't really match with everything else and so he says yea though I walk everyone say I yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death now my question for you is 
Here, he's being led by a shepherd. All of a sudden, it's almost like they turn the page, and now David's in a very dark place. I am walking through a very dark valley. My question is, doesn't say that, oh, by the way, he led me here to this dark valley. He leads me in good places, but now I'm walking in a dark valley. How did David get there? What in his life happened that David goes from the wonderful presence of God to perhaps feeling like he's all alone in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death? Could it be possible that David got himself there? Could it be that David himself walked into that valley? Now, we know the Bible says that the character of sheep is all we, Isaiah said, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the character of a sheep would be, if you let it go by itself, it starts wandering wherever it wants to go. If it doesn't pay attention, a sheep just begins to wander. And I wonder as David is a shepherd looking over his life, I wonder, David finds himself in the valley, could this be a dark moment of sin in David's life? Could this be in reference to Bathsheba and Uriah? Could this be a time in David's life when he wandered from God's presence and fell to sin? I wonder, I don't know, but has anyone ever been there? You spent so much time enjoying the presence of God, you're around the altars, you're just thanking God, but, but somehow... Somehow we find ourselves in the shadow of death, a place that we walk through because of our bad choices, a place that even though the Lord had led us so many good places so many times in his presence, but because we went after the flesh and we wandered like a sheep because sheep do that sometimes, that now we find ourselves in the middle of this valley of the shadow of death. Could it be that David said, I got myself here. I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, and I don't blame my shepherd for not coming after me. I don't blame God if he gave up on me right now. I, I, I would give up, if I were the shepherd, I'd give up a long time ago. I wouldn't have gone one more step. I wouldn't have found me. I wouldn't have gone looking for me. But I'm so thankful that I'm not talking about a man. I'm talking about a God man. I'm talking about a shepherd that even though I went down the wrong path and I thought I was all by myself, when I turned around in the worst of my valleys and the worst of my sin, I found a shepherd that was hot on my trail. I found a shepherd uh, that even in my valley God was there with me yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for thou art with me even when I made bad choices even when other hirelings would have quit a long time ago when I was at the bottom of the barrel even when I had the worst of days I realized even in moments like that that my good shepherd he left the 99 and went looking for one wayward person I wonder can you give God praise like that can you give a God worship like that a God that in the midst of it all fought for me 
I'm so thankful he didn't give up on me. I'm so thankful he went the extra mile. Even in my valley, my God fought for me. I walked there myself. I got myself into that. But even in the midst of my valley, it's not just, he's not just with me in green pastures. He's not just with me in still waters. But my God's in the worst of it. Don't you hate those friends? They jump out of the, out of the boat when things get rough and, and we're friends and you lose money or you did something wrong and all of a sudden the, the phone stops ringing. People stop calling. They give up on you. But oh, I'm so thankful for a God that even when I journeyed into places I don't, I don't even want to remember. I don't even yeah, I wouldn't want people to know about it. But in the midst of that, I had a shepherd said, no, no, no. I'm not going to let you go that easy. Because I'm laying my life down for the sheep. Uh, you think you're lost, but I'm, I'm hot on your tracks. Uh, I know where you are. I'm a good shepherd that's going to lay myself down for the sheep. This is the amazing thing about it is, he said, thy rod and thy staff. Now, when we have a picture of a shepherd, we always see a shepherd with a staff, you know, a crooked staff. But the, the shepherd carried two weapons. He carried a rod. Now, they say the rod was for correction now. I don't, I don't know if I personally believe that. Commentaries can say what they want. I say the rod was to fight against the enemy. It was a strong, strong uh, reed, rod, something when a wolf would come after the sheep. That the shepherd had a rod in his hand fighting on behalf of the sheep. So imagine you got a shepherd with a rod in his hand fighting away all the bad guys, right? You got yourself there. You went off the wrong path. You got people in your life trying to take you down. You got the enemy of your soul trying to take you to hell with him. And you got a shepherd with a mighty rod in his hand. And boom, right down on the head of the enemy because your, your shepherd fights for you. But he's also got another weapon in his hand. It's not really a weapon as much as it is a tool. So here you got a, a shepherd holding a rod, but you also have a shepherd holding a staff. Imagine a shepherd knows how to use two hands. In one hand, he's beating the enemy away. Boom. Boom. In another, another hand, he's pulling the, the sheep out of the, the muck and the mire. Do you see what I'm telling you? The whole time I was lost and undone. But while I was in the valley, I had a God that, sw that came my way and brought down a heavy hand of rod on the enemy. But while he's fighting the enemy on one side, he's pulling me out of my mess on the other side. I wonder if anyone's got a testimony. Oh, I was lost and undone. I was blind and could not find my way. But I had a God with a shepherd's staff that pulled me out of my distress and put me back on the right road again. It's going to be a few, more, a few minutes longer. But during the fight, during the fight, the shepherd was wounded. There was too many of them, you know. Too many wolves and too many bears at one time. He did his best. He freed the sheep, but he himself didn't make it out of the fight. That's why Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I laid down my life for the sheep. He knew full well when he came here what he's going to be doing for us. Now every shepherd knows if you're going to become a shepherd, there's a job description. Every shepherd knows the possibilities that lie in your way when you're a shepherd. 
you know that you're the only one out there with all these sheep and that's a meal for any predator that wants to go after these sheep it's an easy meal you know if you're going to be a shepherd you have to be willing to get in the mix of all that and fight on behalf of your sheep i'm so glad today jesus christ wasn't so greedy in his own life did not establish a kingdom here and he could have but he gave his life that we might be free from sin that he, he gave his blood and gave his life on the cross for us. That we can identify that when we get behind the, that screen, there's water full of, bat, of water, and we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ. And when you're baptized in Jesus' name, you take on that water, you take on that name in baptism, that blood that flowed at Calvary covers you. Aren't you thankful for that? So, understand the picture. The Lord's leading me. He looks around, I'm nowhere to be found. Found myself in a valley. Goes in there, fights for me, pulls me out of the valley. And now something gets put behind the sheep. <clears throat> David continues, Psalm 23. <clears throat> now every shepherd knows that it's handy to have sheepdog. Some sheepdogs to help you. We call them ankle biters. You ever see a little sheepdog? Rally up the sheep, they get behind them, they bite at their ankles, and the sheep just, here boy, here boy. That dog comes that way, the dog, and all of a sudden, them sheep, man, those sheep dogs are getting right around there. It's nice for a shepherd to have some sheep dog, sheep dogs. David said, I got into a mess, but now that I look back, I got two things following me. God's in front of me, I got two things following me. Surely, goodness and mercy Biting at my ankles. What does God do? He's in front of us. But because we wander and because we get ourselves in messes, he put two things behind us to watch our back. Those sheepdogs are called uh, goodness and mercy. See, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Because he loves us so much, he'd rather someone bite our ankles and pain happen in our life because he wants to see us saved forever than for us to wander and be lost forever. So he puts goodness behind us, his mercy, his, we, we repent. And when I fall back, goodness pushes me back up because pain, I, oh Lord, here I am. So sheepdog number one. Sheepdog number two, goodness and mercy. I tell you what, folks, any one of us, none of us would be here if it weren't for the mercy of Jesus Christ. Listen, I can flip my nose up to anybody I can walk down the street and say, oh, look at me, how holy I am. Look, look at you, you're, you're caught in alcohol, you're caught in drugs, you're caught in listeners. And I can walk around with my clean robes, but I'm telling you right now, none of us without the goodness and mercy of Jesus Christ would be here. I just want to thank God for being my shepherd. I want to thank God for goodness and for mercy. I want to thank God that when I fell flat on my face, Jesus Christ got that and my God fought for me today. How about we stand to our feet? How about if we put our hands together and just love the Lord for a moment? Thank you, Lord. Jesus said, how many of you 
having sheep would not leave the 99 and look for the one that was lost. Do you think if Jesus cared so much about shepherd and sheep that he doesn't care about the souls of the people that are in this house. I'm telling you, I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care how far away you've walked. I'm telling you, you have a shepherd that's looking for you right now. All you got to do is stop right now. If you just stop and turn around, Jesus Christ, uh, he's got a staff in his hand. He wants to pull you out. Let me tell you something. Today's not your last day. There's a future. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because I see the big picture. My God is a redeemer of the lost today. Wherever you want to worship God, you can worship in mere seats. If you want to come around the front, let's try to be the best we can, uh, social distancing if we can. But let's just give God some praise right now. Let praise ring out right now. Let praise ring out right now, Lord. I'm just thankful today. Oh, I'm so thankful for your grace and mercy. I'm so thankful for your goodness. My God is a shepherd. My God watches me. If it wasn't for his mercy, I'd be lost. Oh, come on, give him some praise right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you again for joining us here at Grace Apostolic Church. Hopefully this message spoke to you as it did for many others. Grace Apostolic Church is a church family that you can be a part of. If you would like to connect to the church, the best way would be to visit our website at gacclawson.org or visit one of our services. Our service times are Sundays at 11 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7.30 p.m. For more information, you can go online at gacclawson.org. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.